Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 89 of Beer Not the Podcast Adjunct Series. We are back after six episodes of the Link Up series or season, whatever you want to call it. Go check that out, guys. There's a, a whole bunch of really fantastic conversations about uh, diversifying the craft beer industry and the challenges associated with that. We had some really uh, engaging and enlightening conversations with the breweries who participated in the last Link Up bunch of collabs. So we are back with the adjunct series, which is you know always a fave for me because we can just talk to anyone and everyone about whatever we damn well please. So this evening, um, we get to sit down with someone who I only really discovered their brewery probably a month or so ago. Um, I've been really enjoying all the beers that I've tried so far, and I'm super curious about the whole story behind it. So without further yapping, we're going to bring in Joanne from The Second Wedge. Welcome, Joanne. There we are. <laughs> Thank you for uh, joining me. Great Thanks to meet you. Me. Genuine pleasure. Um, like I was saying, yes, only, only, I guess we were talking on, on uh, Twitter not that long ago and started seeing what you guys are doing. I'm loving your branding. I'm loving the approach. Um, got a ton of questions, so I'm excited to dig into that tonight. So shall we uh, crack this first beer? We should. Absolutely. Tell us about uh, this bad boy right here. Well, so Electric Light is our first Pilsner and our first true lager that we've ever brewed. We've actually cool. always done ales. Yep. And we did, um, well, we've done an Oktoberfest, a Marathon, and we've done a California Common, which is a bit of a in-betweener. So, yes. uh, but this one was, this one was kind of a Ooh. fun one. Um, our head brewer, Mike Lowndes, wanted to play around with some hop profiles to make it like a very... Um, you know, just slightly non-traditional Pilsner. Um, okay. So it, he used, you know, the classic Calotel middle fruit, but he also used Barbouge hops for just a little oh, cool. bit of aroma and you get that berry quality. So yes. I think it's very lovely and quite elegant. The color is more of like a, it's like a true golden. Um, it's not super, super pale, but yeah. Um, Love it. Nice head on it. Yeah. Very lovely, it's delicate aroma. I love that great. Pilsner malt. Yeah. Mm. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Cheers. <laughs> nice. Great cereal, um, like the real malt forward, which is awesome in yeah. the style. Um, did you say so? It was uh, Halitha Middlefer and Bob Rouge. Love it. Bob Rouge, you said berries. Is that the one that has, yeah, yeah the French ones. They have, is that the strawberry hop or am I, think, am I confusing that with Belma? Probably more along the lines of, of uh, yeah, let's I don't know if it's more like cherry, ah. blackberry. Yeah. Interesting. Um, that's fun. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I've never heard of, not that I can recall it, that hop in a uh, pills. I love that sort of uh, innovation, switching it up. So the. Yeah, I mean, it's simple. Yeah. So the Halital Middle Fro is more the traditional one, like you said. That's probably more the herbal, grassy type of thing happening there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And floral, Traditional okay. Traditional notes. Yeah, I'm taking that note down. And um, how, like, what was the, I mean, obviously, you know, trying to switch it up, as you said, but what was the intention behind the the, the berry notes and the sort of, um, like you said, cherry or? 
in, yeah, in so it's, it's also subtle because it's such a light palette to play with, right? So you really can't overpower. We didn't want it to be, you know, a hoppy lager at all. So it's no. just, it's the it's in the German style. So it's a German style pilsner um, with just just you know very delicate uh, balance of flavors and and just slightly slightly new um, you know aroma and flavor from from those different hops. I love that. That's super fun. Um, and just like you said, this was your first like real one. How's the response been to you know from? It's been great. We only did um, we did a, a single batch, which for us, is, um, you know, fifteen hectoliters. Um, okay. And as soon as we as soon as we brought it out, we we're like, oh, we're gonna need to brew that again. So we uh, we've just already brewed a double batch, so that'll be coming out later in March. Nice. Um, yeah, so we figure it'll be pretty popular. It's not something we're going to have as a year-round. It's just a, a fun seasonal to pop in, um, especially now we have the tank space that can sit for a while, you know, the yeah. beer can sit for a while to spray. So in the summer, that might not be <laughs> possible. So. I was going to say, particularly a uh, style yeah. like this, that, you know, that hogs the space for a bit, um, which is kind of fun, though, I guess. You know, breweries get to play with stuff a little more in the winter on these uh, sort of low seasons, so you can do fun things like this that uh, you normally wouldn't have time. I love that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's very, very cool. Oh, I love that. So this is, we were talking uh, earlier about this, and this was one that was brewery only for now. Is that correct? Or it's not going to be distributed, hence the, I love them where you yeah, can tell that it's got the silver bullet with the sticker, and then your other ones are wrapped <laughs> fully that are more flagship. We'll get to those after. Um, that's, am I accurate there? Yep, absolutely. So this one will be only at the brewery. Um, you might find it at some local area restaurants. It's it's pretty pretty tight to this area, so That's yeah, fun. you have to come to Uxbridge to get it. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I got to definitely want to ask you more about that because that was an area that my, I only knew about because my girlfriend used to go there when you know she was growing up in Toronto, and it was kind of like the cottage area but i think the way that toronto's grown out so much it's it's not really that anymore yeah. so i'm super curious uh about the area but before we even get to that um i'd love to know how you and your husband rob uh got into beer and how that sort of story came and led into uh, the brewery itself yeah so um i've always been into beer as as a, a like a food item i guess i've always been passionate about beer and like truly from a young age i grew up in Montreal. Nice. <laughs> so, um, there's great beer there. What's that? Whereabouts here? Whereabouts? Yeah. I grew up in Dalmar, the suburbs. Oh, nowhere yeah, fun. the D DDO or whatever they call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, West Island. Okay. No, nowhere fun. But um, <laughs> I went to school at Concordia, and it was the late 80s, so there was some really nice beer happening in Montreal at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, relatively speaking, it was it was it was Labatt 50 or Saint Amboise. So, <laughs> where did I go, right? Yeah. Of um, so I've just always been a, a, um, an interest, and in, we've always been into food and all that sort of thing. So we just started getting into brewery culture and started brewing beer at home, all the stuff. Um, but as far as like opening a brewery, that's a whole. Um, I mean, I could probably write a book about why we did it <laughs> long story right. short midlife crisis um you know like exhaustion from what we were doing currently and seeing things changing in the, the industries we were both in and just needing to kind of like navigate our way to something better for the second half of our lives basically so hmm. um yeah so that's it we took kind of our our 
passion for beer, um, our desire to be doing something closer to home, um, our desire to do something that would make our town better, more exciting, bring some life to town, mm-hmm. uh, bring the like what we love about beer to town. Um, yeah, and just and just kind of like a personal creativity thing, I guess. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, it's a big risk to take, you know, even if it is the, you know, the, that sort of midlife pivot as you described it, but um, obviously yeah. it's paid off. And that was five years ago from what I understand. Is that right? Uh, we Ish. just celebrated six years open. So six we, years open. Uh, yeah. So we opened in December, 2015. So um, and there was, a, there was three years of planning and pulling money together before that. So. Of course. Okay. And three years. Years. Yeah. Pardon? I was going to say three years of planning. It's, uh, that's serious right there. Okay. Yeah. It actually doesn't feel like very long because there was so much planning to do and there was so much, uh, pulling together of money and stuff that had to happen in that time. So it, it feels like it all went at a, a breakneck pace. Um, it was a very exciting period. I was working full time. Rob was working everywhere in the world. He was never home. (laughs) And, uh, and we, we were like, got to do this bird like it was just it was just a a consuming and all-consuming passion thing so three years is pretty short to pull together from kind of nothing i think at least maybe nowadays it's easier and faster i don't know but it felt Mm -hmm. fast (laughs) no i feel that from the people i've spoken to i it kind of sometimes people luck out and it's six months and sometimes i've heard you know five six seven years as well so it seems yeah i mean we didn't come from the brewing industry, right? We came from creative industries outside of brewing. Um, we also did not have like wads of cash to just say, "Let, bam, let's open a brewery." It was not right. like that at all. So no. yeah, so there was a lot of work that had to go into it. But uh, yeah, it's been worth it. It's been great. Um, definitely, you know, we put our all into every little piece of this place, and we have great people here, and it's it's built up into something that we're ver- we're really proud of. That's awesome. So you said, so you chose the area and I imagine you're the only brewery in Uxbridge. That, yes. Yes. Love it. We're a pretty small town. So. Small town. Okay. And it's, I, I checked it out recently and I think it's about 45 minutes kind of Northeast of Toronto, 45 to an hour or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Yep, that's it. What's the region called? Is it like. We're in Durham region. Oh, it's under Durham. Okay. It is Durham region, but. You'd never know. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're quite far. Right. Uh, we're in northern Durham region. So Port Perry and Oxbridge are are the northern part of Durham, Durham region. Oh, but we're pretty okay. close to uh, like just 15 minutes to the west of us is York region. Okay. All right. I get it then. I wasn't sure like how far up if it was tapping into like Muskoka or something like that, but not quite. No, so we're really in between, and this town, okay. this town has beautiful like natural landscape around it. And a lot of people use the trails around here. It's like a really well-known area for trails, but it doesn't have, at least it didn't have like a big tourism draw. Um, it didn't have a lot of people coming through, to be honest. Um, right. For a long time, because it didn't. It's not. It's not cottage country. It's more um, farms and golf. Farms <laughs> <Comes> and golf. <laughs> and, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like. Um, 
a lot of big open space, which is beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous around here. It right. just hasn't really been, hasn't really been, it wasn't really discovered at that point. Okay. So then being that you were the first brewery to open there and still remain the only brewery, was that a bit of a risk there? Or do you think there was maybe a demand for it as craft beer was sort of starting to take off and, and if locals didn't have somewhere they could just zip around the corner to go? Like, I can imagine yeah. that would be appealing. <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think, and we, we kind of put it out there um, and really talked to our community as much as possible before we, like at every stage, we kind of like gauged interest because yeah, it's a big, huge risk, and yeah. a huge amount of money to, uh, to invest in something if it's not going to work a hundred percent. So we did, we did know that mm. the community was hungry for something like this. And we knew that it was a matter of time before somebody opened a brewery. It's, you know, it's a nice little contained town and there's, um, we figured it would happen eventually. And we just, we were like, well, you know, we know, we, we know a lot about beer. <laughs> we're really passionate and it should be us. <laughs> so let's right. make that happen. <laughs> I love it. Earned it. Where did the name come yeah. from, by the way? Yeah, so the second wedge is referring to the landscape. So it's we're we are sitting kind of at a part of the Oak Ridges Moraine, which is the hilly, beautiful landscape as you're coming up from Lake Ontario. It stretches all the way from uh, Caledon, basically, all the way out okay. to past Peterborough. <clears throat> right. Um, but it's in these like wedge formations. So there's higher areas of moraine, and the Oxbridge Wedge is the second of the four. Ta-da. It's a long, long, long story. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's smart. Long I knew there'd be something behind it. <laughs> yeah, we just wanted a story, you know? Yeah. And we also, we had other names picked out that we kept checking and like, damn, someone else had that. <laughs> damn, someone's got a trademark on that. Okay, <laughs> guess we're going to go for something completely offbeat. Um, that's smart, though, because <laughs> that is definitely a problem. I've heard other, bre- I know of a few of them I can think off the top of my head who have had to change their name. Um, yeah. because of things like that where they didn't realize they went and started and did it and then there was maybe one in the States with the same name who owned all the trademarks for North America and then, yeah. So you did the right thing. Yeah. Um, okay, awesome. Yeah, except- <clears throat> Sorry, go on. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, except <laughs> there's a brewery in the States called the Wedge Brewery that yeah. we discovered later, Wedge, just Wedge, and they opened a second location. So sometimes we get tagged on people's posts as the second wedge. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I hope you get followers from that at least. We, we're making new friends. It's great. There you go. go. down and visit one day. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. Nice little collab or something. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, I love that. Okay, sick. So then... They don't write a cease and desist. If they what? If they don't write a cease and desist. If they don't. <laughs> Fingers crossed we keep that, uh, keep that under our time. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way to do it, right? Make friends with them. Um, so the the style of beers and the, and the things, so to give people maybe a picture of, of what you guys do, I mean, I was able to, I tried a few of them so far, going to get into the rest, but I, I really liked that you had this quite a wide range of stuff, which my guess, based on the type of things that you're doing, is probably aimed at the, the palate of the region, predominantly being that um, you've kind of got some of the, you know, you've got, IPAs, double IPAs, but you also had, um, I mean, obviously, the, you had Blonde, now you got the, the Lagers and stuff. You had um, some Belgian styles. Um, 
kind of I think it was like a mix. I mean, I'd love to hear sort of what the what the aims were to, to yeah. know who you were aiming at, what sort of what what you were trying to sort of portray with with the products themselves. I mean, primarily we're making beer that we want to drink ourselves. We want it to be beer that really fits <clears throat> into a meal um, and right. pairs with food and is not like um, dessert. I mean, we we have had some fun sort of desserty type beers, but it we're not trying to um, yeah, the, like the beer, a lot, we want a beer that you enjoy from start to finish. <clears throat> it's very uh, Moorish, you know, uh, super balanced, nothing too outrageous. It's it's kind of like the beer that we want to drink. It's the beer that you want to, you like, go off and have fun with, you know, sours and milkshakes and whatever out there. <laughs> Lots of great breweries do them. <clears throat> we don't. And you can come back to us and have you know, that old, reliable, amazing, like nothing we do is boring and nothing we do is bland. Everything we do has tons of flavor and, and we work really hard to keep it really fresh. Um, so, you know, we, we feel very proud of what we put out as delicious, exciting beer. And we like to have a nice range of styles. So that's why you'll see like, you know, we just put out driller. Elton Double. This just came out today, so nice. um, you know that, and we'll do <clears throat> a pretty wide range, a pretty wide range of stuff. But we do it based on our kind of our own palates and what we want to be drinking ourselves. And the community has shown us that they're into that too. So yeah, we don't, we we definitely don't chase trends, right? Even though I I love trendy beer, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not kind of like what's true to us i guess i like that i think that's key that you need to sort of make i always find that the the breweries who are making things that aren't true to them because they feel they have to it, it doesn't it doesn't really ring as authentic and that maybe they might miss the mark a little bit on that so i think mm -hmm. that's I, I i very much align with that i think it's the most important thing you can do you just have to be you because there's a million of the other ones doing those things so like you said it's, it's definitely best to stick to what you love um usually what i've also is it like do you find that the styles reflect the as i say like the palette of the region maybe like i imagine you probably get a lot of people from the area but that you know I, you just described i've known of port perry i know someone who lives there i didn't realize that's where that was so i imagine there's probably yes. people sort of coming from all the sort of nearby towns and you know, obviously a lot more so in the summer when they're just coming to hang out or stay over or whatever but is it is it would you yeah. say overall it's reflective of what people are asking for and sort of what the demand for um, stuff out there you know what we kind of create the we kind of create it and then say here you are this is what we've made and we would love you to enjoy this so right. we definitely get people asking like do you guys make any sours like a lot of we have oxford is sort of about half people who have lived here forever and half people who are in the last 10 years moved up from Toronto. Gotcha. Like very much so. Um, so, so it's a pretty sophisticated area. Um, I think what we're doing is just kind of um, putting out a variety that we love of flavors that we love. And I wouldn't say that there's a, like a specific palette. Um, I mean, yeah, kind I think it's such a mix of people. I don't know right. that I would say that there's a regional, regional, um, thing i think and we're also close enough to you know whitby where you can get 
just fabulous examples of styles of beer that we don't do. So yeah, why would we try to reinvent the wheel and do something that we're not as passionate about? So love it. Yeah. A great answer. So then maybe a better better question then for, from my side would be what 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 are the most popular beers or styles that you're making right now? And I know obviously you have flagships and you've got the you know like a beer like this one right now that's a uh, like a brewery only like a you know, sort of specialty thing as opposed to ones that will go out to distro. But yeah, what what yeah. what are the most popular beers? Is it the flagships are the most popular or like how does that go down? They really are. Yeah, yeah. like I mean Three Rocks is our ipa and it is it it's a really unique ipa uh there's not a lot out on the market that tastes just like it um yeah so it has a real following so it sells better than anything else we do hmm. um yeah and actually our elgin blonde uh is right up there too uh okay. it's a much simpler beer like that's it's that's total gateway beer we yeah we all enjoy drinking it but we'll probably pick up you know something with a little bit more complexity ourselves but that one sells very well um anytime we bring out a seasonal obviously people go nuts for it yeah um, but three rocks three rocks is a big one for us yeah that was the um yes i definitely tried that we're going to be having that one again shortly the uh like a nice like a west it's a west coast ipa i was trying to describe it um it's so hard it's not really a west coast it looks no? like it's partly a west partly coast, west coast? IPA and it's partly, partly west coast i mean it it has it does feature west coast hops yes okay. um but there's we've been playing with the um with the i'm not going to call it haze <laughs> yeah. but the opacity, <laughs> opacity or whatever yeah. you know like uh, we've been playing with that because we originally it was kind of a clear ipa it was very much more west coast um, and then by accident, one of the batches came out with um, a lot more like turbidity, like a lot more um, um, suspended proteins, right. whatever. Right. So we, um, we, that batch tasted incredible. And we were like, okay, this is where we need to take this beer because it, it was like, it was like great. And then it was like, oh man, that's amazing. And then of course that kind of thing, it happened by accident. So there, mm. it, it's been years trying to like, fine-tune how to actually consistently get that so we've got this sort of like it's got that nice body and um you know you get you get sort of hop flavor in the beer itself it's um hazy-ish <laughs> and then you've also but then you've also got that sort of grapefruit piney west coast character so it does i find straddle straddle both worlds a little bit and the hops that we use are not used by too many people um i find they have a very um bright and bracing flavor that i totally love and it's like a go-to so mm. yeah i like that <laughs> i love it when um when beers that are like something like flagships or long-term beers are like they that they morph and change with either with the times or with something like that like a happy accident that the sort of yeah. switches yeah I think it's super cool that you ran with it and embraced it as opposed to be like, no, it has to be like this. Like, no, this is, this is great. Let's keep it going. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah it, cool. Thanks. <clears throat> that beer is Rob's like 100% favorite beer in the entire world. And when it's not just right, <laughs> yeah, <I can> tell <laughs> you. we all lose <laughs> There's been a lot of work done on it, like just subtle tweaks um, over the years. And we're, we're feeling quite good about it. That's awesome. Like this year, 
great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. So you have um, four flagships, is that right? Or was there more? Yeah, so there's four four year round flagships. Year round. Okay. So I mean really three rocks. Yeah. So three rocks RPA. <laughs> it's funny, like our beer selection that we started out with is kinda like what you'd expect at a little pub. Right. <laughs> but because it's you know, it's yeah, let's try it, let's bring out like a range of flavors that will appeal to a lot of different palettes and then we'll kind of go from there and see how, see where we want to play, right? Um, so the Three Rocks IPA was our our IPA from the very start. Elgin Blonde, like I mentioned, our Blondale, which is named after a local pond. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Love it. The only name that I really coughed out, we just like, ah, call it Elgin Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and Three Rocks is named after a local trail. Um, and then Rainmaker, which we're going to be yes. drinking tonight. That's our porter. And Monday Night Piper, a Scottish style ale. So a really, um, that one has like a cult fan base. <laughs> really? I was about to, <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I find that like, like I guess I would like, yeah, Scottish style, like Scotch ale or whatever. I feel like that's one thing I don't see very often. I was, I was about to ask, because I, rem- I remember like, is that something that people are, suit, like you said, a cult fan base? Like what's the deal with Scotch ales these days? That's like, I don't Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's like an 80 shilling, so not like a scotch ale. So it's more oh, okay. it's lighter body. Yeah. Um, okay. It's it's just so drinkable. Um, the recipe is not a classic 80 shilling. It's, it actually won uh, an Ontario Brewing Award for nice. all beer. <laughs> okay. Obviously, it fell into, fell into that profile. Um, but there is, you know, there was there was no category for 80 shillings. So. What's <laughs> and an it 80 shilling? Fit. All of our beers. It's it's um it's like a midway. It's kind of like the Scottish version of a an ESB. Um, it's oh, like, okay. So ranked by ranked by like so, eighty shilling is a certain weight because that's how much it costs to whatever. Like it's a money thing, to make. Right? Um, but like the the varying strengths of the of the beers. So it's not like a Scotch ale uh, or a wee heavy. Like a, they get mm, very big. Yeah, but 80 shilling is a much, uh, it's like a medium bodied, it's got a lot of um, like toffee character to it, it's got a nice carbonation, very pretty low hops, we add a little bit more hop bitterness than you would typically have in an 80 shilling, Mm -hmm. and it's super drinkable, it's super refreshing, it's like, um, it's like, you know, it it takes the idea of an amber beer, but to me it's way more interesting, complex, and refreshing at the same time. That is fascinating. Okay, cool. I feel like there's a um, resurgence maybe of, I'm seeing there's like, there's multiple types of beer nerds and there's one type of beer nerd that just loves, and maybe this plays into the cult following that you're talking about. Like they, I feel like there's like this purist traditional passion that people seem to have for ESBs or, or like a British mild, which this sounds like it's in, in that realm. Is that accurate then? It's in that realm for sure. Yeah, and it yeah. is. We we definitely took liberties with it. Um, our brewmaster at the time, Doug Warren, who who created it, definitely took liberties with the style and and used some very non traditional hops and um, and it. So it it is, it is. But it really does appeal to those who miss those traditional beers. There's just not a lot mm. of them out there, right? We're really, you know, we've got a very um, 
I don't know. It just seems like the beer culture is getting flatter or something. So like, I love that we have such a wide range of very different styles. Like we, you know, it, 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 it's good to have, it's good to have a wide range of flavors and remind your palate, like there's so much to beer, right? Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I, I know what you mean by flatter, I guess it's, you know, there's like a handful of styles that seem to dominate the pervasive beer culture that that's what most people want to drink. So it's almost like when presented with something that like, I'm like I said, it was about 10, 11 years ago, whatever it was, I got into this. I, you know, you start, I did the traditional cause I got into it in 2011 really properly. And then all the people who were getting into BA in the last like two, three years would have had a completely different experience. Cause you obviously were before I, long before I did, but the, you know, you go through the flavor wheel, you start with, you know, blondes and lagers and then move to ambers and brown ales and porters and stouts and then maybe some Belgian and, you know, you start doing all of that and then all these new trendy stuff started coming in around you know, 2016, something like that. So the, the yeah. people now are just going straight to sours, smoothies, milkshakes, New England, all that type of stuff and don't really experience, would never got to experience the, the other stuff. Um, which is a yeah. shame because I think that's a part of the beer journey. Like I think it's like a pretty important thing to have that foundation to understand where it came from. Because then, that, but then there's like the pendulum swinging back, and people are, uh, like I said, the same beer nerds I see drinking that stuff are like losing their minds over an ESB. I was like, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I think it will. I think the pe- the pendulum mm-hmm. swings like crazy, you know. So we're kind of we're gonna stay constant with what we do and how we do things and. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like to teach people about beer. Um, and so that's, you know, we're able to do that with what we offer, which is very nice. Um, would we make more money if we did, you know, just all hazies and sour? Probably. <laughs> but, uh, but in, you know, there's enough of that out there. We'll, we'll, we'll stay to our, in our lane, right? Yeah. No, I love that. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, got me super curious about. The, I don't think I've ever heard of the eighty shilling. If I'm not, I've heard of a two penny, which is like that um, second run, like it uses the second run of the malt or something. So it's like a lighter version of something heavier. But eighty shilling, I maybe I had it back in the day or something. I just like, I haven't heard. So I think that's really fascinating that you're keeping that. Yeah, you out. might have seen it written cool. out. It's like it, like you'd see the number eighty and like a slash rather than the word shilling. So maybe that's oh, maybe. I imagine, you know what, I probably would have in that those earlier sort of beer days when I was like really just taking anything and everything to kind of figure out what, what, what this is all about. Um, but I imagine it's probably not as, as prevalent as it used to be these days, which is fun, which is like, I don't know, I like that. I like that approach. And I like that uh, you know, you're making things too. I found that everything I've had of yours is super drinkable, super approachable, and then what I would consider um, a gateway beer. And I think that the thing in beer these days, gateway beers and breweries are extraordinarily undervalued as far as the contribution to the overall growth of beer. Because people don't always walk in the door trying to drink all the crazy stuff. Like, you know, yeah. you need to sort of, they might come in, they're used to, oh, I drink Labatt. So what have you got? Let's slim into that. Well, you know, try this blonde here. Like, oh, that's good. Okay. Yep. And so on and so forth. And you walk them up the color wheel, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, when we first opened, that was we, maybe the, the maybe the palette is expanding since we opened because the the very early days that was what we got a lot of people would wander in and be like, "What have you got that's like Coors Light?" 
<laughs> what's your red? <laughs> you know, like we get so much of that. And so, you know, we had something for them, which is great, but those people are now drinking whatever we have that's anything but like Coors Light. So we, I think we've helped to develop some palettes and get people into beer in this town. And, and now it's more sophisticated. So now we're like, let's play with some other styles. Let's do something different and fun. So. Here for it. I love it. I think it's really, really cool. <laughs> um, shall we jump into the next one, the pale? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend isn't here, so I'm just going to run and grab it. So do you want to show the screen and, and um, just tell them about it? I'll be like 10 seconds, not even. Oh, no, no, you know what? She's going to get it for me. We're good, we're good. Okay. <laughs> the, what color is that one? It's like pale orange, just in order. Thank Resistant. you. Resistant? Yes. Yes, tell us. Go for it, uh, Joanne. Thank you so much. I'll tell you about the beer? Okay. Yes, yeah. So, Reticent Fox is orange peel pale ale, so brewed with sweet orange peel. Nice. That's great. Yeah. Good focus. I can't make it as pretty. I have that. a. I have a camera. <laughs> I'm cheating. <laughs> so it, it's a fairly simple pale ale with a lovely fresh flavor, brewed with sweet orange Ooh, peel, nice. and we use Mandarina Bavaria hops. So you, that helps emphasize the, the orange flavor. It's it's subtle though. It's not like there's no like extract or anything. It's just a very subtle fresh orange flavor. Okay. I love that. Um, where did the idea to add? Sorry. That's okay. Go for you it. Go ahead. I was just going to ask um, about the the actual orange. Thank you. Um, the like where the idea for the orange came from because that's uh, like a cool addition. For the <clears> sorry. Where the orange? The I'm sorry. The orange peel in a pale ale is super oh, interesting. Where, where did the? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I remember where that came from. I think we actually had an, uh, <clears throat> uh, a brewer who made a clementine ale. And it was very nice. Okay. Um, I don't even remember how this came about. It's pathetic. Um, <laughs> <That's> anyway, <okay. laughs> it's been very popular because it's just one of these lovely, sweet, you know, slightly sweet, um, uh, very delicate flavored beers. I love it. Cheers. Yeah, it's so nice, right? Cheers to you. Mm. Cheers. Oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, wait, 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 hang on. This way. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Is this the um? Is this what's on my shirt here? I think it is. Yeah. Actually, no. It's not. So this is the reticent fox. This is the reticent fox, and you've got okay. the coyote from oh. our beer that we did called Wilder. It is. Um, slightly... so Wilder. Yeah, yeah it they're is. They're like cousins. Okay. Yeah. I was like same artist. So. Very cool. So the artwork. Yeah, this is. We do all beautiful artwork. Um, uh, Tracy Walker is a local Does artist who lives in Oxbridge. She's actually world world renowned, I guess, for her illustration. Um, she does a lot of commercial stuff and mm -hmm. uh, and and art stuff. <clears throat> uh, so she does all the beautiful graphics for us on the Love cans. It. And uh, yeah, that is uh, super cool. I, I want to get into that in a second too, because that's the one thing that struck me about your stuff immediately was the. I just I love. Like one of the, my favorite things ever is like the color blocking. I love color blocked beers where if you saw them all lined up, these will stand out. Like it's cool when it's got different colors too, but there's something about this style that is just the same font, the same type of artist. Like I love this. It's almost like a, I don't know, what would you call it? Like an icon or something. Like it's sort of, it's just so simple yet so damn effective. I just love this stuff. 
Um, so I definitely want to get into that because I just feel like beer branding, and we've talked about this a bunch on, on the podcast in the past, but my partner and I have a social media agency, so we're big with marketing and presentation. I found that historically, maybe not so much recently, but historically breweries didn't put as much effort into that as they did the product, which is fair, but it's a different world now. And, and I just, I really appreciate the, the, just the approach that a lot of breweries take with the, um, with the art. So I love it. But this is this is great. This is like super chill. Like I, I don't know where I would even place this. So it's like obviously pretty opaque, which is probably what you were referring to earlier as well with the three rocks. Um, it's really approachable. I'm not getting much, um, and it's like I don't have to put it in a box. I'm always like thinking, okay, where, what is this? Is, is this intended to be New England? Is it like a West Coast? Is it? It's like this. Would you say this is a bit of a unique kind of thing? The approach to this beer. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It's. Uh- it doesn't really it's got um uh, it has i'm trying to read the label it has oats in it yeah oh yeah the uh for you have the creamy texture yeah so that's really nice and then just that little little sweetness so it's just like a it's just like a very simple but the like i find everything works so so well in it like it's so nicely balanced makes you want to take another sip there's that little hint of like I wouldn't say sweetness, but it's not certainly not bitter. You know? No, there's a touch of sweetness in here, but it's like it's super subtle. I'd say it's like it's obviously from the malt, not the orange peel or anything like that. Like it's definitely not yeah. this overwhelming fruit bomb or anything. Like not even no, close. Exactly. Mm. And you could eat that with a meal, mm. and it wouldn't overwhelm your food. No, like that's, no, no. You know? Yeah. No. Total. Totally. The the um. The citrus is just where it sort of needs to be. It's like super in the background, but you can tell, like it's kind of like that pithy um, yeah. citrus, which is, but it, but it didn't really, it doesn't translate to bitterness. Like it's a little, little bitter, but like super subtle as well, um, yeah. which I really enjoy. Mandarin, I love that so far, like two for two, you've done the, the matching the hops with the, because not everyone does that. I love that. Like, you know, Mandarina is a great, mm-hmm. with, the, with the orange vibes on that. So it's perfect for something like this. Oh, and a bit of Centennial as well. Okay. It says here, which is great. Um, yeah, this is fun. So this one just came out as well. And same deal with the uh, with the pills. It's Bruce yeah, so the, They came out on the same day. Reticent Fox has been out before. Okay. Um, kind of took off like crazy last year during mm-hmm. the pandemic. And this year it's in the LCBO for the spring. Nice. Spring seasonals. Going out. Um, yeah, so basically starting in March for the for the spring months, it'll be in the LCBO. Love it. Um, that's killer. Yeah, this is this is super interesting. I love it. Once again, really approachable, um, easy to drink, and I can absolutely picture having like a nice. I feel like if you got like sort of a nice super like uh, what's the word? Let's say salt, more savory. You know, something super like just a nice meal. Like this touch of sweetness kind of like just cuts it out a little bit. I love it. Yeah, this is fun. Um, what was I going to say before about that? Okay, so you got the four, we're talking about the four flagship, the artwork. That's where I want to go once we bought this beer. So the art, like I was just saying, super cool. Um, yeah, talk about the approach to this. Like, was this your first, is this how you came out with these type of designs or did you sort of update it over the years? We actually started from the very beginning working with, we work with a graphic designer who kind of puts the whole package together and then from the very beginning so we worked with him um russell gibbs amazing 
and we pulled we wanted to work with the local illustrator tracy walker so we weren't quite sure how to make both of those things happen i actually found russell um when i was like basically googling all the artists in the world and all the graphic <laughs> designers in the world, trying to find like what's our aesthetic what who's who's gonna be the right person to present what we love and i actually he had actually on his he had a page it was like these are things that i love and i was looking through them and they were resonating with me and there was even like a picture of uh the cast of uh a show i can't remember the, I can't remember the name of the show anyway it was just all these things resonated and i liked i thought he looked his stuff looked very cool so i got in touch and he was like yeah i'd love to work with you and so we started talking to him and then we were like well we really want to work with tracy walker how can we do that he's like sure put her in touch with me so Basically, they work together to create kind of like a look. Tracy does the illustrations. We we say, okay, here's the beer. This is the style. This is what we have in mind for the what we want to kind of get across. Um, this is the name. This is what we're you know. Here are some horrible ideas we have. <laughs> what have you got? <laughs> and then they'll come back with. So Tracy will do up, um, you know, three or four or five designs and Rob and I will be like, oh my God, they're all amazing. How do we pick? Um, and she, so we'll pick the right illustration that fits the can and, and Russell will design it all into the package. Um, and the colors are all, yeah, the colors are a big part of it. We started out doing bottles back in the early days. They were like okay. big 600 ml bottles. The bombers, so, yep. Yeah, we only had the four beers at the, at the start, so it was all a lot darker. And then when we started to go to cans, it was like, let's open up this palette and have some fun with color. Like, that was always important to us. And, yeah, the more seasonals we bring out, the more just <laughs> gorgeous these colors are. I, I'm in love with them. I love those two cans. It's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, they're so cool. I mean, even just this, this is like a, like a peach color or something. It's, like a, it's such a really attractive can. Um, this one really yeah. stood out. I, I really like it. That's cool. I don't think I've ever heard of that, like multiple, like bringing in like the illustrator to work with the designer and put together this, you know, unique package. I love that. It's uh, That's really creative. Cool, really cool approach. Yeah. Um, Thanks. <laughs> yeah, good for you. I, I mean, it's good. It's obviously finding a team of people that are, you creatively click with isn't the easiest thing in the world. You know, like... No it's a challenge and to be able to have that and, and that translate obviously you know this is this, i guess you do merch i mean this is like for those watching on video i got the t-shirt with the you said it was a wolf no coyote uh coyote coyote so it's a similar thing just this cool design i was like wow this is really cool this is like a hand uh tie-dyed t-shirt i saw on the tag so it's like super local really craft just like the approach to the product which i love yeah, I noticed that immediately. I thought that was really that was really cool, and it just made sense that a brewery would you know incorporate like you know that other element into their merch as well, which is super thoughtful. Very cool. The so that that's cool with the with the designs. I love that. Now the brewery itself. So obviously you are a brew pub. So you have the kitchen. Have everything. That, no. No. Okay. So it's more We're not a brew. Not a brew pub. Okay, I'm sorry. I mean, looking in the background, I thought it looked like a kitchen or something, but okay, my bad. So that's cool, but it was intended, so the products are intended to be paired with food themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
um, yeah, we opened without <clears throat> no kitchen or anything like that. And um, I, I mean, Rob, Rob came from a family where his mom, opened, she had a bunch of like restaurants that she opened and cafes and things like she was kind of like a cereal food entrepreneur kind of person. And uh, Rob knew how much went into all of that world and and the headaches. And he said, you know what? I want to do beer. I just want to do beer. I don't want to do anything with food. So we've always had, um, we've always had like cheese boards and like we will do like cheese fondue uh, made with beer and baguette and that sort of thing in the winter months. Um, and otherwise we're like what you can't see all around me on this side is our brewery. Um, we are a small production brewery with fairly small tasting room but now we've had a quite a big uh beer garden open on the other side of this tasting room Mm -hmm. outside uh, quite a large space we do have a big a big uh property here that we rent and uh, especially during the pandemic we really really milked that beer garden for all it's worth and uh yeah we've opened up we've had friends of ours who own a restaurant opened up a like they brought in a container and they put in a pizza oven and so in the summer they're doing pizza out there oh, so we sick. don't do food but they do it's awesome that's <laughs> awesome so it's like a way to offer that to the uh to the patrons without you having to deal with it you're just like whatever yeah exactly. just do you think and plus we are like we're in <clears throat> sort of like the downtown area of uxbridge like downtown small heritage course, uh, yeah. downtown streets kind of thing we're just like just just on the other side of the train tracks and we just want people to like go to our all the restaurants around here. All the restaurants around here are our customers, so mm-hmm. bring their food here. You know, you're welcome to like go drink the beer over there or order some wings in here. And a lot of the places deliver here, so that's it's a good, uh, good community relationship. Yeah. I love that. I like that. I was going to ask if you if you did that. I really like that's something I only really heard of in the last couple of years. Is, breweries having you know not that the restaurant license and just able to bring in food from outside and and encouraging that like it's it's great and it's like it fosters mm-hmm. that community you know like you said you can drink the stuff there or bring it over i love that that's awesome um the last couple of years i don't want to go on about pandemic stuff we're all kind of over it i guess at this point but like how how was how did that impact you guys overall it sounds like you were already packaging products long beforehand because some breweries i found weren't packaging and they had to like shit what do we do like do we have to buy a can yeah. line do we have to get mobile cameras the mobile cameras are all booked out like you know you have to figure that out but if you guys were already in the game that would have made it a bit easier we yeah we were already canning we were using mobile canning and we just you know obviously <laughs> went to like hyperdrive on yeah. canning <clears throat> it was it was crappy obviously like everyone you know you come suddenly you've got all this keg product that you have to do something with. So um, some of it we, we like bottled some of it and put on, I remember one, one time we had a, we had to bottle some beer cause we ran out of cans and we had no labels and we were like, we'll just print them on white paper. <laughs> we printed black and white, like literally like off our printer upstairs and slapped them on and said, here you go, folks. We don't have labels. We need you to buy this beer. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, works. pandemic was, yeah. So we we did actually just buy a canning line, uh, nice. which we haven't even we haven't dismantled. It's sitting in a crate right now, and we have it. We're gonna be putting it into place next week. So 
Um, so that definitely kind of sped that up, like just knowing, just seeing how much you spend on mobile canning and let's invest that here instead. So yeah. we are, yeah, so that canning has definitely picked up. Um, the, the biggest thing for us was the loss of community. I mean, the loss of our growth trajectory altogether, you know, like it, it changed how we do business. And we were just at that point where we're like, Ooh, we're taking off and we're getting out there. And, and then, you know, LCBO is like, please don't call the stores or email them hmm. or visit okay. <laughs> while you're trying to like, you know, sell your product. So that was really challenging wow. for the, the biggest thing. Like all of us here um, really thrive on our, just the people in this tasting room. It's after hours, everyone's gone. But, you know, when it's full of life, it's full of people. We've got local art on the walls. We often have local music. This is like what the day-to-day, what really keeps us excited, um, just the people around. And that's that was super heartbreaking when, yeah. you know, all that was shut down. And so even though we got this great flush of excitement or a great flush of community support, I guess, in the early months when people were like, we're just going to buy your cans by the case and keep you going it was wonderful but over two years over two years that level of, of uh, excitement is hard to sustain and without without you know the in-person interaction it's it's just not the same right yeah no you're right and and i guess uh the open shut open shut type of thing so you know inconsistent with that so at first people are excited like you said and then you know maybe they realize that people were drinking too much i know everyone kind of fell into that trap early on and like yeah it was interesting so i guess it is pretty fortunate that you are able i think we do pretty well as far as canada is concerned across the board i don't think we have many closures but it certainly was not uh oh my gosh I'm, I'm so sorry um certainly wasn't wasn't easy to keep it all uh up and running so i mean i, I totally feel you. the community it sounds like you guys are really a hub out there that's uh, and, and you, that's what breweries are for bringing people together and yeah. And it's one place. I love that. The local art, the local music, the local restaurants and food, like all of that combined into, you know, this one space is, is more important. I mean, maybe this made people realize just how important breweries are to communities, I guess. Yeah, because yeah, they're really like, you know, it's about communal tables and you can easily go to a brewery, not have a lot of money to mm. spend. You can have dollars and have a lovely evening at a brewery and meet people you didn't know before um so it, it's very accessible it's very yeah. easy it's not like going out for dinner right mm. um and we yeah we try to we try to i just love that if people, we do have people who come in and make friends here we watch it it's it's amazing love yeah. it really is are you back? I, I keep forgetting where we're all at. I know every province is different. I don't even know what's happening here, to be honest. But are you? <laughs> what's the situation now? Are you, as of you know, the recording date, are you, are you guys back in action? Yeah. So as of t- <clears throat> well, so we opened. We reopened February first, I think it was. Um, okay. At a capacity inside. Um, so we've been we've been having people in for the last few weeks and we've had live music and all kinds of stuff, but it's like half capacity. So as of today, that the day we're recording this, um, we're allowed to have full capacity. Oh, um, so for us, yeah. So for us, full capacity, I don't know if you can see in here, it's like, it's like involves standing room and we're not, 
going to be doing that. We're just going to have people sitting. So we're still kind of operating at sort of half capacity, but it feels so great to have a room full of people. Um, you know, we do Sunday live music and people with their dogs and their babies and the whole thing. So it's been Love great. It. And, Is the live music yeah. the live music will be back on Sunday? It is, yeah. So we've cool. had it. We've had it going through February, and it's yeah. In the summertime, we do it outside a lot, which is really nice. Um, and we will. We'll probably start doing more like the odd Friday and Saturday evening. But right now, we're just kind of like let's just pace ourselves. <laughs> and you hopefully, never know, this is. Kind of, yeah, you never know. And um, yeah, it's been very. It's been a hard time for um, for music artists, and I mean anyone anyone who does small creative things that involve an audience it's been a very hard time for them so oh, yeah. we're really happy to have them back <laughs> oh i imagine i can imagine yeah i'm starting to like i didn't i guess because i like i really feel for you guys that like, we own a business we have employees but it's completely digital so we didn't really like we didn't feel it like you guys did in it at you know i can i feel like at this point like people are kind of itching for that i mean obviously it's that itching for normalcy is been happening the whole time but i don't know personally i'm feeling it way more now than i ever did i was able because yeah. what we do we're like adjacent to the industry but we were required i guess for this to you know be a lot of places and stuff and that you know we have other things that we're doing so it kind of got a bit exhausting so it was actually nice to have the break but now i like i'm personally just i'm like all right let's just let's just get back to it man. like it's so i'm very happy it's been a lot a yeah. long time. <laughs> Two years really is much long. longer than any of us thought it would be, I guess. Oh, yeah. Big yeah. time. Yeah. So was, I did just, make... Go on, sorry. No, it's okay. I was just going to say, fingers crossed, this is kind of... I want our community to be, to be happy and healthy and, you know, kind of get back together. We need, we need to uh, stop being so polarized about everything all the time. It's, Facts. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. It's yeah, you know that that's the most annoying part of all of this is is that sort of division, polarization, whatever you want to call it, is uh, super frustrating and it's almost unavoidable in the current climate. So it's you know something like a brewery is like a, a great equalizer. Maybe like you're there, it's supposed to be. you're supposed to be. I don't I don't think I've ever had an argument in a brewery. Like you know you're going to just hang out, and you're just chatting, you're chilling. It's always a good vibe. Like so it's you know I think it's really important that the, the these you know breweries as a as a whole as these community hubs like they play a stronger role than I think people give them credit for, as far as bringing people together, keeping the thing going, and getting the like I like that the communal tables like I didn't even think about that but that is it's bringing it back but I, I didn't even think that they would be allowed so that's cool that like it's kind of you're allowed to do all that stuff like you can have the communal tables people can kind of sit together or is there like rules against that or yeah, I mean, right now we're a lot of the people will come in. They'll take up a corner, and then we'll put someone, you know, a couple feet away, but they're on the other end of it. And um, or you know, they might say, "Hey, I don't mind." It really depends on the people, and we're you know, whatever the current rules are at the time. Like, we've had a limit on the number mm. of people per table. So, like, currently, gotcha. our big community tables are split apart. <laughs> so they're slightly smaller, two slightly smaller communal tables, but. You know, it's, it's come. It's working back to it. Yeah. My dream is, uh, my dream is to be back in the summer in the beer garden, without having to check people in and seat them. Yeah, <laughs> they could just walk in, sit down. You know, what is that the is that the vibe out there? You just walk in, sit down, and go to the bar. Yeah, that's yeah. the dream. Ah. <laughs> Small little things that give us joy now. <laughs> Isn't it though? 
It's I, I couldn't yeah. agree more. Like that sounds like there's something like it almost feels as ridiculous word, but it feels like magical almost. Like wow, just like those things where it's like it's hot, it's like trees and stuff everywhere, and just vibes. Like yeah, it's been so long. Like honestly, like so freaking long. Like uh, that does actually sound incredible. So fingers <laughs> crossed. I mean, we're, we're moving in that direction uh, already. Yeah. I guess so. I think we yeah, should be. I think things are supposed to go north. I can't even remember each province is like next month. I think in March. Sorry. So what next month? I think in the next month things get mostly normal, chill. As far as the from where I, I did see like the reopening rollout, I think next month things should be basically we're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So hopefully, fingers crossed, they know what they're doing. And yeah. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> so, let's, Okay, it would sure be nice to be able to, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to get into a whole political discussion, course, but yeah. put the money in the hospitals for God's sakes. I could <laughs> Build up agree. the hospitals. <laughs> uh, yep, obviously yeah. that's where it's missing. It's uh, been for a while. That's what I, I heard after yeah. the fact that that was the main problem. It wasn't. It was. It was was set up to fail with all of that stuff for, for many years back. Um, particularly yeah. here in Quebec, which is yeah, as you would know uh, even worse because I'm not from here, so I didn't know what was. The, the system was already kind of whack. So, yeah, could not agree more. Well, I'm very glad that you guys were, uh, you know, you got through it. You're on the other side of it, hopefully. And, uh, you know, we're just onwards and upwards from here, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it yeah. definitely was not easy all the way through. No. Like, I can imagine. No. Not, did, not easy. Did you have to let go of, um, oh, sorry. <laughs> it just turned on the TV and it was going to the headphones. Um, no, 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 I just uh, hit the wrong button. Oh, hit the wrong button. Okay, sorry. The, um, what was I going to say? The, yeah, so at least you made it through. I was going to say with this, the staff situation, were you able to keep most people on? Yeah, so we have we have kept our staff. I mean, we've been very lucky that we have, we really do have amazing people. They're, they're a very talented, funny, empathetic, like, bunch, but all very different people. Just, we're very lucky to have good, good people. Um, we... In the very, very, very earliest days, everybody was like, I just need to not work for a few weeks and figure this out. So everybody was kind of like on a, on a, you know, timeout. And Rob and I were the only ones working for a house. So we were, we actually set up, it's funny. So what you see behind me turned into like mission control, selling beer out the door thing. It was so weird. I brought my office downstairs. Yeah. We had our dog down there there was nothing else we were like going to get lunch and like wiping everything before we ate it was just a freaky time right yeah. bleaching everything we set up a conveyor belt out the big garage door and because then everything was it was about touching right yes <laughs> like so <laughs> so we would like put people would come by they'd order their beer and then they come to do the pickup and we would put it in a bin. We would roll it down the conveyor belt. It was all fun, right? Wow. It was just for fun. And uh, and they'd pick it up at the other end and from their car and drive off. So it became a bit That's of cool. a, a thing. Everybody was, like, Instagramming it. It was hilarious. <laughs> we were having fun with it. But, but it, like, it was just robbing me working in this this room with the door opening and closing in March and April when it was freezing. We were wearing coats all day. Anyway, very weird times. Um, anyway, but <laughs> our staff did come back like slowly after that. They started to come back and help us in doing that. And then we brought people back to do deliveries and everybody everybody made their way back, um, you know, when they were comfortable. And 
and it's been great. We have a really solid team. Most of our employees have been with us for, you know, almost from the beginning. It's, wow. It's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, we're lucky. That's yeah. very, very cool. I did, uh, you know what, like, I know we won't go on about it, but I really appreciate the creativity with stuff like that, that this whole situation forced people to be super creative. So you made this fun, create like, uh, conveyor belt thing that made people want to talk about it more, which essentially was marketing, but you guys just trying to make it chill and, like, a bit more easy on everyone, on yourselves and on your customers. Yes. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's... Yeah, exactly. I don't know. That's kind of something, you know, beautiful in that, I guess, that's, you know... You can look back and be like, hey, that was actually kind of cool and we were forced into that. But we came up with something in a great way to to make it work. And not only make it work, but make it, I was going to say better, not better, but it's the best of the best you could possibly make it rather than just this little <laughs> drab and all the, pers- what do you call plexiglass and all that stuff? Like, you made it fun. Yeah. I, I love that. I don't know. I, I, I applaud that creativity. And I think that was, uh, you know, it's something that the beer community definitely shined a lot in that situation because you're a creative industry to begin with the, you know you guys are all creative you know, whether you're in the brewing side the front side whatever it might be like it's all a creative endeavor so to, to do that was very cool to see so um, hopefully we, that's the back of it and we can wrap this shit up Jesus and we're done wrap it up <laughs> I'm ready yeah seriously um, do you guys do many uh, like collaborations or anything like that have you worked with like many other breweries, are you kind of more of a self-contained? Uh... Yeah, we've done a few. We've done a few, not very recently. Um, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing like super noteworthy right now. But um, uh, that's cool. Just curious if if you do that because <laughs> it sounds like obviously you got your thing going, and it might not be always like not all breweries do collabs, and it's it's like a you know it's obviously it's a marketing. Uh, tactic primarily yeah, exactly. and a bit of a community building thing but um yeah being but that we like, did, uh, go we've, we've done some stuff with um like local producers we have really good friends who do bean uh bean to bar chocolate cool. and we've made beers with them basically we made one That's called fun. bean to beer <laughs> That's so awesome. we do we try to bring some pull some cool producers into our projects and um yeah that's dope and we've done some We've done some some collabs with other breweries in the past, but nothing nothing really noteworthy now. That's fair. Um, I like that. I love the producer thing, though. I feel like I'm seeing more of that more often, where uh, people are bringing in, like you said, like chocolate makers or like just local artisans that do different things, and just bringing that into the beer, whether it's like coffee roasters or something like that. That's super fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool idea as well. And once again, fostering that community. I was just thinking because of where you are being that, like, I don't think I speak to many breweries who are the one in their town. Like, I don't think that yeah, it's, happens super often, eh? Probably not. I mean, when you're in a town of, I think we're 20,000 people. Like, I don't that's know decent. how another brewery. Would yeah. sustain. <laughs> um, we have, yeah. We do have two cideries in town that have opened in the last few years. So we've actually made a bit of a loop. Um you know, for visiting all three of them, but, um, and we do, we do work with them as well. Like some, some sort of tourism marketing type stuff with them. Um, yeah, That's it's, cool. uh, so, you, so are we, are we a little isolated? Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I see that as a good thing though. I guess I was thinking, because say if you're another brewery in a different area, like if you are, you have the Oxbridge market on lock, like around there's, and obviously the surrounding yeah. <laughs> towns that also don't have breweries, I imagine there's a bunch that, 
that don't have breweries. Um, I can see a benefit from another brewery wanting to, to work with you guys because if you've got this, you know, that you've been there six years almost now or just just past six, you said, right? 2015, yeah, super seven yeah. this year. So, you know, you've been there six years, you're super well-known in the area. Um, it would it would benefit another brewery to, to be, to, to have their logo next to you guys. That's all I was thinking. Like it would be, a, you know, because you have this whole thing. I think that's like something cool about that. It doesn't, you know, usually it's like someone in a city where there's like a hundred breweries in that city or something, maybe a hundred, but you know what I mean, um, in that city. Yeah, so, we yeah. look forward to, uh, yeah, we'd love to do some more, some more interesting collabs and like find, I would love to do something with someone in a whole other part of Canada. Ooh. We find somebody really like-minded that we would love to each show off each other's, you know, what we do to our little local market. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. I love that. There's uh and once again, that's something that was kind of taken away from us over the last couple of years. Cause say you went to, like you said, you have the OBA award, but like say something like the Canadian Bruin awards that tends you know, moves around every year. Like, I think it was, I think it was in Quebec city this year. What this year or last year? Last year. Yeah, it was last year. Yeah. Like late, like November or something. Was that it? Yeah. October or November of yeah. 2021. Yeah. Mm. Either way. Yeah. We like things. Really, we don't, don't do. We haven't been doing our uh, award submissions because <laughs> they're really, really pricey, <laughs> and our beers don't yeah. ever really fit the styles. <laughs> That's uh, I actually hear that a bunch from people. Like some, like you just have to be making the stuff that happens to be awarded. Like yeah, they they uh, yeah. I, I, we went to one a few years ago, the Canadian one in um, Ottawa, and it was that was super fun, just because I'd never seen it before, and I had you know I knew a lot of the people. Not this is 2017, so I know way more people now. But at the time, it was like pretty cool to see everyone in this a little more laid back and just getting lit at this like you know, the big hall at the, at the awards ceremony. The tables have just got beers. I've just never seen anything like it. There's just beer everywhere. It's just insane. Yeah, people are just like crushing actually, we were at that one too. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, that was fun. We were at that the one in Ottawa. That was yeah. actually an amazing. Yeah, we went and down for the conference and the award ceremony was fabulous. All the samples were fabulous. Yeah, that big time. table at the back. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was like I never seen anything like it because it was like literally the length of a conference room with like yeah. beers that you know spaced out like two inches apart. It was like all the way down from like coast to coast, like you know Four Winds and BC and like all the all these different things. Like it was just. It was, and then there's little tubs on the table. So like there was all this fire beer on the table that you could just sit there and you just grab them with whatever all night and you've got that. I'm like, my goodness. And then they had after parties and stuff. I was like, no. Yeah. That was fun. A few, I, a few after parties. That was really fun. I'm not yeah. sure the industry is ever going to be like that again. Do you, do you feel that way? Like, I think you might be right. Do you think because of the last two years or? Because of the last two years and I think some of the – players have gone off in very odd ways i don't know it's just it's, it's not yeah. the same I, I think you might be you have a point there because there was that was like just before the the current trendy thing happened so like like this was may 2017 i believe from memory um yeah so the things kind of did change in the last few years as far as yeah maybe it's a little clickier and some people think there might be how do i say it I was just, like, just they're not really into that type of situation. They're not really into submitting their beers for that. Don't want to be judged or whatever. All their stuff doesn't fit it. Um, and I feel like maybe there's like, it's almost like the, the breweries that do similar things end up 
being kind of like the, that little click from what I've seen. And I don't mean click in like a negative way as such, but more like I feel like people kind of yeah. move. I see what you mean. People move differently now. People move differently. There's a lot more breweries that have opened since then. I feel like that was like yeah. peak, peak brewery. Like we were at that, it was like a golden moment where um, the people who were running, it just felt like it was, it was a lot of like-minded people. And then you start to see a few like more places where it's like someone who, you know, just has access to tons of cash, just like, all right, I'm going to cash in. You know, you got some of that happening. You've got some spectacular failures of, of companies that look like they could never fail. Um, I don't know. Just things have slightly, slightly turned. And the pandemic, I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. But I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not going to be fabulous going forward in different ways. I just don't think that particular kind of magic is going to. Re- I just don't feel like that's going to. Yeah. I never, th- I never thought about it like that until you just said it. I think you're right though, because it just, it just, it did feel different. There was something. It was a different time back then. It really was. And when I say back then, it's five years ago. It's really not that. You know, it wasn't that long ago. But in this world, it's changed so much. Even pre, up until pre-pandemic, yeah. even from then until, you know, March 2020, it it, it changed so drastically. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that. And, that you know, we're the we're not so innocent anymore. We know mm. a lot of things. A lot of things have come to light about, you know, so we're just, we're just all a little bit more mature and maybe a little jaded about things, yeah. but, but there's so much, but there's so much energy and, and like we can all feed off of the communities that we serve. We can all feed off like the, that amazing feeling when we release a new beer and it goes crazy. Like that will propel us to the next exciting thing. Like we'll keep, we'll keep going. I just don't think it's going to be the same, you know? No, I, I really agree with you. I, I think, do you think then that, that maybe the, the like we talk about the pendulum and coming back from the pandemic and this sort of like extra need to connect that I sort of, I don't know, someone like, I felt like I'd overconnected maybe for too long and been at every festival and done all this stuff. I was exhausted. So I welcomed the break. And then we just kind of got yeah. caught up in our own world and, and whatever. And then now I'm actually starting to miss that. So I wonder if, and I think a lot of people were missing it from the very beginning, like just because I overdo yeah. it personally. I wonder if that last two years would influence some sort of a, a resurgence of that time. Not like you said, it won't be the same way, but maybe the interest in participating in festivals, say, even if it's not an awards, because an awards... I agree with you that they're like, yeah, you know, you gotta, it's gotta be a fit and not everyone's into it. And that's cool. Um, but you know, maybe more people are interested in festivals and just to be around the people and be around their peers. Cause that serendipity yeah. of meeting someone, like I, I read about this for Silicon Valley, like, you know, say if like you worked at Twitter and then you had a, you know, you bumped into a friend who worked at Facebook at a cafe in San Francisco. And then you're like, Hey, what's going on? What are you up to? I'm like doing this, oh, I'm working on this project. And then all of a sudden, a whole new company's birth, so we've lost that magic of, of just bumping into people. And I think that could go for any industry. And I think there was something like to be said about that for beer, for, for festivals, for yeah, conferences, whatever it might be. So I wonder if there will be an enhanced interest in, in, in some sort of per, you know, real life event where you can talk to people again, where, you know, do you know? Do you think there might be more of an interest in, in something like that, whether whatever that looks like? 
Yeah, I mean, that sounds year. fabulous. And I, I do think I, I definitely see that. Um, obviously, we're all craving people. And I think that's that's what it is. Like, we feel a little, I feel a little isolated where we are as a brewery just because it's not, like, especially in the winter, you know, not a lot of people coming through yeah. town. Like, we've got a great community here and we're bumping, but it's not like we're not connecting with other breweries the way we used to in mm. person going and actually visiting breweries and sitting down and having some pints with other breweries. And that, like, I miss that a lot. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then of course, be- yeah. Once we start getting together, all kinds of creative. Things happen. Um, yeah. Happen. Yeah. So let's hope. Yeah. Let's hope. We're all, we're all a little tired and jaded <laughs> from all this stuff, right? So I, I really think so. Think. Yeah. Because like we did, we only did this podcast in person for forever. We started, the, like I was saying to you earlier, about like the virtual thing. And there's like pros and cons of that. I mean, the pro is that like I'd like I don't I've never been to Oxbridge, so I would need to have made a trip to go in to oh if I'm in Toronto, then I'd be like oh I can swing by. I'm I'm pretty close, but it didn't always happen. And sometimes you keep putting it off and off. But then now with this virtual, because I thought this was. I never wanted to do it this way, but then I was left with no choice. And now I feel like it's opened me up to a whole bunch of situations where I'm able to connect with people. I found by trial and error that making sure we're drinking the same thing so we can both have this shared experience, which is the closest thing to sitting next to you right here and actually looking each other in the eyes and having a conversation. That's the best we can do. And this is cool because then I could, I've had people in Vancouver on and Los Angeles and Australia and all over the Florida, all over. And I've loved, I've loved that. Like it's been really cool. At the same token, there you can't ever beat that in-person flow of conversation. You've got the technology hindering you sometimes, and you know all these other things. So there's like, you know, th- there's definitely two sides to all of it. But um, uh, that, yeah, that in-person thing when when people are sort of connecting is you know really can't be beat. And I guess if if anything, this taught us that. And, you know, we can take that lesson and be like, all right, well, we are a, inherently a social species and our body, our, our souls crave this. It is what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. You can say you're a hermit as much as you like, but, you know, <laughs> probably not so exactly. much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, you know, if we, now we know how much we miss it. And now we can value that so much. So, yeah. you know, hopefully, hopefully we're, we're going to better places, <laughs> better places ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like, oh, that's a good episode name. I like that. Better place to head. Okay, I'll remember that. Um, and just speak. Sorry, go ahead. No, please, no, no. No, it's okay. <laughs> I was going to say, do you want to hit, uh, I was, I was going to try and do a segue, like speaking of better places ahead, shall we hit the three rocks? Let's do it. So I did that. Do you mind getting me the next mm-hmm. one? Thank you, babe. So this was the one we were talking about earlier. Yes, throw that. This is the flagship IPA. Um... I'm gonna see, we'll see if we can talk through it. I know we talked through it before, but I'm curious as to the uh, putting it in a box a bit more. Like, because to me, it felt like a West Coast, but there was something that wasn't straight West Coast. So you, I know, I know what you mean. In hindsight, yeah. that, it, that it was, it's this sort of unique combination. Would you say it's like a combo of like a British old school? I don't want to say necessarily British, but like a really old school, like what would be considered an IPA, and then what's known as a modern west coast like somewhere between the two yeah i think i think it's a hybrid of those two things because it does it it has it's dry hopped you know it it, it doesn't have that just like pure bitterness at that like the back end bitterness that just yeah. kind of overwhelms the entire experience there's definitely bitterness there um 
There she is. Look at that. Loving it. So if people notice, this is the full wrap can. So this indicates the full flagship. Wrap. I love yep. that. It's so small. It's such a small detail. I don't know why. I'm just, I just love it so much that uh, <laughs> it's just like a just to separate. So you just, there's just like that consumer knowledge from the beginning that that's what this is. Uh, so you can see this being poured here. It's got that nice. Uh, how would you describe that? Copper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say light copper or deep gold. Yeah. I love it. Wicked nice microphone head here. Uh, let's look at that. that. Oh my goodness. Look at that head, mate. That is stunning. <laughs> yeah, see, like I was looking I at it. Yeah. See, that that glow is what we always mm. go for. It's like that, the aesthetic is very important and, to us. And that's see a straight line, that straight line with the head. I don't know why. I really appreciate that because I imagine that's not <laughs> the easiest thing. Cheers, Joanne. Get that in you. Cheers. Oh, it smells great. Yeah, this is delicious. This is just a really great beer. So I'm getting a lot of that caramel malt, but not in like that, not in the British way. It's got a restrained, it's pine and grapefruit in the, I'm looking at the can with the descriptions here, pine and grapefruit for sure. The bitterness is not overwhelming exactly as you said. Um, it's it's very much sort of like a little bit, but you know, it's super drinkable. What's that even Six something, right? Six even, okay. So it's super crushable. Between six and seven, personally, is my money zone for uh, IPAs. I think, you know, the other bigger ones are great. I love them. But, you know, you can't have volumes of those. You can have a few of these bad boys and, you know. You need, yeah, this is this is a few of them kind of beer. <laughs> Which I appreciate. Um, yeah, this is like, it's just super crisp. This is, I think, like you said, even fresher. Oh, yeah, this is this is pretty, pretty new. Um, yeah, great body. Nice and crisp. It's got like that crispness, uh, a really great combination but also that kind of like you can sort of tell like that like meringue almost head which i appreciate as well because i don't <laughs> think that's simple uh to nail what are the hops in this one i think you might have said something before about it the main hop is summit so summit mm. is a west coast it's it's kind of a lesser used hop it's been around for a while but you know it's a it definitely you get that kind of Right, uh, the grapefruit, almost tangerine character mm, to it. I see that. Um, we have to be very careful with the hops because depending on the crop year or even, but basically mostly the, the crop year, um, if the hops were picked too late in the season, they tend to bring out sort of like garlic and onion flavor. So we've had, um, in the past, we've had Summit come in that was like, it was totally the wrong flavor profile and you could taste it immediately like oh shit yeah. so this, like, it's a tricky it's a tricky hop it kind of it can tip over into unpleasantness or it can be this beautiful um fresh citrusy tangerine grapefruity mm. thing so um mm. that's one of the other challenges of three rocks we've, we've really worked hard on this beer over the years mm. <laughs> but i can tell like it's really nice and once again i don't have a lot of beers like this I just think because it doesn't mm -hmm. exist very much. Like, I feel like exactly. there's, there's literally New England IPAs or West Coast. And even West Coast yeah. are kind of few and far between, to be honest. So this, when I first had it, uh, it was only like a couple of weeks ago, um, I, I, like, I'm always trying to place it. I don't know why. I guess this is what <laughs> beer does. You always want to be like, okay, what's the context? You know, what, what, what is the brewer aiming to do with this beer? So... I'm getting now as I'm talking, I'm getting that grapefruity 
pithy bitterness in the back end, but quite mild. It's not by any means overwhelming or, uh, in or too intense or anything. So it's super crushable. You've got it at a great ABV, I think, for, for this type of beer. Um, is this the version? Because I feel like this is, it's a little like, I don't want to say hazy, but because it's uh, like my glass, I can tell it's frosted up a bit because it's fresh out the fridge. But is this the more opaque version that you were referring to earlier? Because like, obviously you can't see directly what through What I it. can see, that is that is the classic Three Rocks look. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It, it's, it glows, right? Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, this is this is great. This is a really solid. I can see why that's your flagship. So if people want to get this one, might as well as we're going, this one is an LCBO um, skew as well as obviously at the brewery. It's uh, yeah. So that one's in the LCBO year round, and Beautiful. we're we're going to be pushing it out to more locations. Like it's very much, you know, Durham region GTA sort of focus right now, but we're. We have distribution. We're going to be getting it out farther as much as possible. So Love we're it. pushing that one out. We've got um, so Monday Night Piper is also in the LCBO year round. So those Very two. Cool. And then we have seasonals going. I think, you know, for the size of the brewery that we are and the location that we are, we've LCBO is kind of required for us. It's just it works in our business model. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's the beast we have to play with. So our, our main goal is to just to sort of Get, have the beer be in the best possible condition and um, do everything we can to keep it well kept and well displayed throughout and rotate it quickly. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that. And I know that's a challenge with the LCBO because uh, every time I go back to Ontario, I'm always like eyeing off those stores. If the ones that don't have the walk-in fridge, and I'm just yeah. like, and I see all the IPAs on the Walmart shelf. I'm like, what are you doing? You idiots. Like, this is disrespectful. Like, I know the brewery would be yeah. pissed if they saw this. Um, so I know it's like completely out of your control for the most part. You just got to do what you can. But I think the LCBO is a, is a necessary, I don't want to say evil, but, you know, I think it's good. It's, it's great for brand awareness for the average person who might just want to go there and not have to visit a, the, you know, the actual brewery, but they can go there, they can get a whole bunch of stuff like you get really going to capture a lot of attention doing that so you know i think it's definitely key even if it's not the obviously they they the way that they have the finances stuff work i don't think it's super optimal for for breweries from what i understand but that sort of yeah. brand awareness and their reach is uh kind of unparalleled i guess and you've got you know quite a few options you know, gets you right across the province which is dope have you yeah looked at or dabbled in um, uh, supermarkets or now, which is the coolest thing and the most unspoken about thing in the pandemic is the independent bottle shops in Ontario. Like that blew my mind. That shit just went like under the radar. And then I was so like- which like, one, sorry? The independent the bottle shops. Bottle shops, I know. <laughs> it's the I know, coolest I'm, thing. It's so cool and I, it's amazing how it slipped right in. There it is. Look at that, and just bottle like, just, shops. On the low, like all of a sudden, they go, all you got to do is sell some chips and you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> it is remarkable. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great new venue for selling beer. So will it, I don't know it, that the volume for us would replace what we can do in the grocery and LCBO spheres. Um, we do have to get volume. Um, it's, just a, it's just a financial necessity for the, for the type of business we are and yeah. where we're located. Um, but I love I love bottle shop as as like 
a new way of shopping for beer and obviously well cared for and well, well curated collections of beer. It's so much fun. Um, yeah, it's, it's lovely that there is more choice. Um, things are changing and things will probably hopefully improve more and more, uh, you know, if breweries and the people who love beer kind of take control of things a little bit more mm. like they seem to be doing, um, that's going to be great for the industry. Yeah, it's definitely great. <laughs> it was so, it was just such a, like a much needed, um, addition to the, the, the way to purchase beer. Cause obviously here, as you well know, like, you know, we've had the specialty Depeners in, in Quebec, um, forever i imagine i don't actually know but you know you can get you know shitty beer at the gas stations and now the supermarkets have some good stuff but you know it's been pretty democratic i guess as far as where you can get good beer here um except for they had the pre-pandemic you might remember say if you go to if you go to a place that's a brew pub and they don't make all of the beer there they can't they couldn't sell it out of there like if they had or if they had a food license maybe it's what it was and they couldn't sell it out of there and it was the most ridiculous thing in the world, but now they changed that. So now basically everywhere you can do it because it was the big bonus of going to Ontario that I know that every brewery I went to, I could be like, oh, I enjoyed, I tried six beers. I'm like, well, I'm going to go grab a whole bunch to go. And then you couldn't here. Like I just, it was just such a, a silly thing. So it was really nice to see yeah. that um, they changed that here and they added the, the indie bottle shops there. So you can just, you know, in one place, get a really nice selection of cross province um, options as well as some wines and, and whatever else that, that they're offering. I still haven't been to one from, uh, I haven't been back to Ontario enough, but I need to check. I just think it's really cool. And it just gives obviously in a time when things are tight, things are difficult and you're trying to get your stuff out there, it gives another, uh, one, another revenue stream, another avenue to get your product in front of eyes, you know, and it's heavily curated by that store too, which I think is cool. Cause if the store chose you, then you're like, all right, they've, you know, a good look no it's just it's just nice it's fantastic yep absolutely and they'll all be bars now i guess when they're they'll be open little places to, to create yeah. their own little communities around the beer that they curate so that's wonderful so that the i know that bars were allowed to sell products in lieu of you know pouring on site and, and sitting around so you're saying that the independent bottle shops are also going to be allowed to become bars well, I think they kind of are bars, and that's oh, yeah. why they're able to do bottle shop, I think. Um, oh. Yeah, I think. Maybe that's, that's a license. That's, that's how it works. I think that's, that's the, the loophole that allows it to happen. No shit. So in Australia, I oh, actually, pardon? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I saw, have you been to San Diego or California? Have you been to San Diego at all? Oh, sorry. You're asking me if I've yeah, yeah. been there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have not been to San Diego. I've okay. been to California. Overall, well, I don't. The only reason I say that is because I haven't seen this anywhere else. But I went there a few years, like 2017 or something. And uh, my friend who lived there, as soon as we got off the plane, he took us to this place called Bottlecraft, and I'd never seen anything like it before. It was a, you know, not not too big. I, I, as big as kind of my living room, maybe a little bigger. A bunch of fridges and some shelves, and they had. Um, beer everywhere. They had a little counter that had uh, charcuterie, cheese, um, some bread and stuff. And then they had a like a draft list of like 20 taps. So you could go and get a pour of a beer 
then you walk around in your shop. If you want, you could pay a corkage fee to crack the beer and drink it in the place. So right. it was just the most incredible experience, particularly coming from Canada where like that thing, like good luck <laughs> letting that happen. Everything's so locked down. Yeah. So locked down. So it's fabulous. It was, it just, and then I went back home and I hadn't been to Australia in a minute. And I, in 2018, I think we went back the following year and there's a whole, that's a whole bunch of places that do that. Like you walk in and there's just a whole bunch of fridges and you go at the back and then there's a, a full bar with, you know, liquor and like, you know, 20 taps. And I was like, what is this world? So is that <laughs> what that's going to be in those bars? Is that what you're saying? That's my dream. I mean, that's, that's what I would love to see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Yeah. I think that'd just we be don't so have helpful. Like that. No. <laughs> not here, yeah. not not like, there. Not not here, but not not where you are, but no, yeah, Toronto neither. for sure. Okay. I think that's just so so good. Um, it gets me excited because it's like it just gives the brewery once again such a, a rough time and it just gives you a whole other avenue to explore, to, to, to reach more consumers and just to have your stuff out there, particularly for yeah. You know, you got you know, if you're in like the big city, I guess it's a little easier. But you know, when there's, I'd say most breweries are not in the big city. This is probably fair to say. So it, it gives like an opportunity to 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 have this wicked curated thing that you could you know, once you form relationships with these bars and stuff, and if they're able to purchase kegs and they can do some pours and stuff, so you could be in the store as a. I'm just thinking as a consumer, like it would bring me back to that San Diego thing where I could just be like, yeah, give me that second with three rocks right there. I can just walk around and just buy a whole bunch of just great local produce. And there's, there's something to that that um, I don't know, just so damn appealing, particularly after all Maybe. of this. And, you know, just supporting these producers that none of us wanted to see any of these businesses go. Like, I don't know about um, Oxbridge or Toronto, but half these main streets here, like I'm in the Myland, I guess you're familiar. I'm right next to the mountain in the Myland. So, like, St. Laurent, St. Denis Park is just decimated. I mean, it's not completely over, but there's just so many empty stores, and it's it's really yes. sad. So, like anything to, yep. to 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 give businesses any sort of leg up or opportunity to to you know keep going. We don't want to have to come back after all this shit. And what do we have left? It's you know it's not often. Yeah, let's hope there's a renaissance. <sighs> Maybe you know? there will be. Maybe that's what happens. Hard times uh, drives that uh, you know a whole new level of you know positivity or creativity or whatever, and some other stuff. I guess we only have bureaucracy to 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 get around a bit of red tape, and but it sounds like it's you know it's breaking slowly but surely, which is cool. I love that. I like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, this is super cool. I love the idea. But have you? Like, is that something that you're going to be pursuing potentially this year, looking into these alternate things? Like, I imagine it's like a whole, uh, it's not like click your fingers and you're going to be in 17 model shops. Like, you do have to, they're all individually owned, so it's like one at a time, right? Like, it's like a bar, I guess, no different. Like, you have to reach out to that bar, visit, do a tasting, and it's a whole situation. Everything. Yeah, Yeah, get to know them. Yeah, there's a lot that we, we... do way more outreach now now that things are opening up again and um yeah we're gonna have you know full team out there and um and myself and we'll we'll definitely be reaching out more and developing more relationships and meeting all the new the new people doing exciting things so 
yeah, it's very exciting. It really is that there's there's so many new ways to to work and 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 share what we do. So yeah, yeah, I love that. Very exciting. No, it's very yeah. cool. Um, I want to ask as well. What what do you actually like? Say between you and Rob, like what are your roles now with the brewery? I know that you, you started as home brewers, and that's what inspired it. And I, I know you mentioned you know, you've had different head brewers and stuff. So I imagine you're probably not uh, you know mashing in and such. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, Maybe so, occasions. so neither of us brew. We, we, we have two, we have a head brewer and an assistant brewer and those guys are awesome. And we, we support them. <laughs> so, okay. um, Rob is, <laughs> we, we, we do everything we can to just support what they're doing so that they can do their best possible work. So, um, Rob, uh, is super creative and he's, he's basically like the, he oversees, um operations so you know he oversees what's going on as far as production and inventory and what's going out the door and what's coming in the door and all that um he's more like a guy on his feet running around and he solves a lot of problems and puts out a lot of fires and fixes a lot of broken things or calls the right person to come and fix the broken thing (laughs) that's wrong (laughs) um I'm definitely like the office person. <laughs> I do all of the, um, well, we both do social media together, which is kind of fun. We still do all of our social media ourselves. Rob does photography and I write the stuff. So, cause I just came from that world of, I do a lot of writing and stuff. So, Love it. um, yeah. And I do like, you know, all the bloody paperwork. So, and all the HR, <laughs> all of the you know the tax stuff and there's just you know um so we have we have very different sort of skill sets but we do complement each other very well like everything that has to take place at our level is covered off by him or me and we you know if, if something comes up it's like we know it's a rob thing or a joanne thing and off we go um we That's sit good. together in the same office and you know fight like any couple would but and also love each other a lot and have a lot of fun doing yeah. it so yeah it's uh we're a pretty good team that's mm-hmm. awesome i think that's i think it's good like i work with my partner too so i really uh, appreciate the uh the fellow you know couplepreneurs if that's a thing just you know work because it's not it's kind of like goals but like not everyone can do it so it's um yeah it's i think it's a a really cool thing if you're able to to do it and build this thing together and particularly when it's an entrepreneurial endeavor like a something like a brew that's time intensive and you have to be away from home doing stuff you know it's like oh you know come home like let's get off the computer stop what you know you guys are not really gonna hassle each other like that because you're like things have to be done like you know yeah we're both very intensely into it at basically from the moment we wake up till we go to bed um luckily for our kids they're old enough that they've flown the coop and they don't need to be around <laughs> our 24 7 talking about work but i mean we love it we, we're very into it all the time it's it, it is our That's life good. and yeah if we need to get away we leave town <laughs> if we need to actually be nope. a married couple we leave town <laughs> the only That's... way to you know, oh okay got it i forgot about that yeah you know what? That's the biggest problem. That's what we have too. Because after this, we're probably going to keep working, and it's Friday night. Like it just is what it is. Like, yeah. There's no other. You know, and you have to like make these like 
times for yourself to like some sort of cutoff or something. It's it's quite an interesting challenge. And yes. I imagine that for you guys, it would obviously you've got the physical location where you have to be there to do the things. But when you go home, I mean, I know there's there's going to be things that you can do from home that I imagine you will continue to do from home because you can't help yourself. And you know, yeah. So like, it's like it's finding that balance and that cutoff um, where you can sort of, you know. It's try well yeah i guess it's like balance maybe maybe that's what this whole thing's taught us too these last few years it's like hey we have to live too right we can't just the work is important as well but just trying to find where that is i guess that's the big the big challenge of, of all of this too which is interesting yeah yeah you, you do have to like i i personally need to be outdoors and like out in the forest walking or whatever so we have a dog and i I'm out with her for an hour every day and I need oh, that great. for my sanity. <laughs> so it is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, that's good. Definitely need to, yeah, whatever you need to do to keep that balance and keep excited by the work. The work is, mm. to me, always exciting. I, I do love it. Hey, it's all you can ask for. You know, if you're going to commit yourself, you know, to doing something, you know, your, your time, your energy, your resources, all of that, like, if you don't love it, Particularly in beer, if you don't love it, like, good luck. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is no super- point. <laughs> no, not, not at all. Um, what do you guys have coming up? What else is going on? What do we got coming up? We've got, uh, we're going to have a St. Patty's Day show here uh, nice. next month. So, yeah, it's been two years. We have like an annual, we have a band that comes up from Toronto, uh, Old Man Flanagan's Ghost. They're an amazing, fun it's going to be like, you know, seating. It's not going to be a big dance party like it used to be. But last year we did it virtually. So we're excited that we at least have to get to have people. Um, That's great. Yeah. Uh, so the, obviously the beer garden, when that opens, is huge with the with foundry pie pizza oven and the whole yeah. thing. In the, in the spring months is the start of, we have a farmer's market, Oxbridge farmer's market actually operates on our parking lot. Cool. So one building every Sunday it's the whole farmers market and then we've got stuff going on in the beer garden the music and the pizza and it's a really fun thing so yeah and that and obviously reticent fox the orange peel pale ale going out to LCBO uh, next month Love or it. in a couple weeks <laughs> that'll be a big one for us and then we have a summer seasonal high grass also going out to the LCBO that's uh, our lemongrass ginger saison which nice. you must try yes. <laughs> I'll have to send some <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, Lemongrass ginger? Oof, yeah. Perfect summer. Yeah. It's so refreshing. Yeah. It's lovely. That's fun. So yeah. So and and the new canning line, obviously. So that one's yes. getting operational. We have, we're training on that March first. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a big one. Um, and then yeah, just uh, total recovery mode and um, and just just spreading spreading our wings just a whole lot more. So we want hopefully to yeah make a lot more connections and, and, and we we have lots we have lots of capacity we're going to grow so looking forward to that that's exciting that's cool i love that that's really really cool before we wrap it up do you want do, do you want to crack the um the rainmaker just so we can talk about it and show people sure why not yeah Babe, do you mind i'm not drinking just so you know. <laughs> oh no like i i'll do this i put them to the side and then i have and yeah, enjoy them like, afterwards i can't drink I can't drink four beers, but yeah, it's okay. Can you imagine four beers in an hour and a half? We would be in. <laughs> we would be in a lot of. 
No. <laughs> Not be a good plan. This is Rainmaker. <laughs> yes. Another one of our year rounds. So, um, Tell us about yeah, this one. I love it. Yeah. 6% Porter, right? Thank, thank you. 6% Porter. There she is. Love this one. I had this one the other night, and that I, I personally have been really enjoying a low ABV dark beer at the end of the night. So uh, this was perfect. I think like last week, um, cracked this bad boy just at the end. It's just it's just like exactly what I need to, and it paired really nice. I think I had some uh, some like chocolate. There's some like Australian chocolate that I have at Aussie's pie shop here, and yeah. it's just like just money with it uh, first because it's sort of light enough, and you know you can have something a little extra sweet with it, and it and it keeps the I don't know, I love porters. I think porters are so underrated. Such yeah, I agree. It's such a nice style. Like stouts are I I adore stouts. You know, you take that first sip and it's you're like mm, you're you're I'm trying to get the words up. Yeah. Your mind is blown. Like it's just such an incredible experience <laughs> to drink stout, but you can't necessarily drink like two of them in an afternoon. <laughs> I mean you could, but you might not remember. You, it. you could, but I mean so this, this this has that slightly light, lighter body. I mean, it's yes. still a it's a it's still a rich beer, but it's a slightly lighter body. Again, it's really good with food. This one's amazing with like summer barbecue. So you mm. get the people who are like, I only drink dark beers in the winter, but no, no. this is amazing in summer. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's great because this is like I love once again you sort of hit the mic. I mean, look at that. You can sort of like it's dark. Mm-hmm. But when you pour it, you can see that it's like a, a light brown. It's got this beautiful kind of like off-white head. Um, you've really nailed this. Like your brewer's nailed this like that. What what would you describe that as? Like that head. Is that? It's not meringue, but it's like this like fluffy. Oh, no, I might really catch Pillowy, I guess. Pillowy. Yeah, it's, it's got pillowy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just really appreciate that head. And this is super chocolatey, but it's light. Um, yeah. And it's super crushable, and it's absolutely a, uh, a summer. I can second that for sure. I haven't had it in the summer yet, but it's definitely a summer style beer. Um, yeah, it really it, is. It's brown. Is it a? Um, why, sorry. I was just going to say that's why we we brew it year round and offer it year round. That makes complete sense. Is it a an English style porter, or would it be like a? Um, I guess the other one's like American style. I guess. It's it's American style. Um, What's it's the closer difference? to American. Closer to different. Oh man, this uh, is it's so nice. I really like just it. the hops that you use. The hops, eh? Okay. <laughs> what are the, what are porter hops? Uh, this one's got. Shoot, I gotta look it up. <laughs> yeah, that's like no, it's okay. Don't, don't don't stress. I don't want to put you on the spot. But it does um, not have fuggles. So it's not a British style. Not a British style. That's the difference. Okay, I'm definitely getting like it's nice and bitter. There's some like like espresso coffee kind of um, vibes in here. The chocolate, like it's like, like more of a stout is like that bitter dark chocolate, but it's kind of almost like restrained dark chocolate, maybe on this, which is so, so it's not like, you know, it's there, but it's not sweet, which I think is to, that's the style for, Hey, this could be one you could submit for uh, an award. No, because isn't this to, or not quite, you still tweak it too much for it to be a classic porter. Sorry, I did not catch what you'd said the last the last little bit there. Something got really noisy in the back here. That's okay. It, yeah, I noticed it seems to cut off. Is this like something you could submit for an award, being that it's like a... Yes, actually, yes. It would probably fit into most BJCP award categories for Porter. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it, 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 this, this beer actually did win gold at the Ontario Brewing Awards the year that we submitted beers. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. So you won know. best porter in Ontario. So hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't like. Oh yeah. It, oh yeah. I won that award. So. Anyway. <laughs> no, this is this is really nice. This is like I feel like this is um, it's it's got like just the right amount of uh, like I'm just I'm such a big fan of this style and I just this beer is I feel like this is even better than the last one I had. It, it's like it's it's sort of got this just just the right amount of everything for you know sometimes you get like the Baltic porters or these other ones that are sort of hectic as stouts but like I do like I said I just find myself craving like these sort of five to six percent um dark beers to, to wrap up on the night because I'm not trying after I've had like, you know two three other beers I'm not trying to have a eight nine ten percent thing because it won't really work too well in the in the morning but these are it's just like it's just what you need for this it's a it's a great one and it's cool that it is year-round as well so it's um yeah, definitely not just a, uh, a winter thing by any means. It's uh, this one's fantastic. Is this what's the what's the obviously if Three Rocks is the biggest selling, is this up there as well? Being it's a flagship, so it must be doing pretty. Excuse me. Um, Actually, I mean it's it's a harder it's a harder beer to sell than an IPA just because of the style. You still have huge chunk of the population. It's like dark beer. <laughs> I won't like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Any. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it definitely is a slower seller compared to Three Rocks or a Blondale or any of our seasonals. It, I mean, not any of our seasonals. It sells very well. Um, it's got, it's got, again, passionate people who love it. And if you ever didn't have it, it would be like a big problem. Tragedy. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it, you, yeah, exactly. So it's not like it's not. It does. It's it's not a style that necessarily appeals to like ninety percent of the population, like an IPA would do. The style itself kind of dictates the audience, but the the people who love porters absolutely love this beer. Um, we have it. We have certain restaurants that are like, that's their porter on tap, and they're just like going through it like crazy every week. We're dropping off another fifty. Like so, it it is it is a good, well received beer. Yeah, for sure. Love it. Yeah, not surprised at all. Um, it's great. I just feel like I don't see them enough. Really, like here and there but it's just not like a common thing that right there around so it's um yeah. i don't know to me it's super welcome i feel like if if you people know that like because uh, porters were one of those earlier styles i know we talked about about this uh, a little bit before but like you know coming into that you know when you're sort of moving up the color wheel you always have this before you get to a stout and um they're just such a like it's it's a strangely underrated style, really, in my opinion. I feel like I hope they, they, they come back a little more. I feel like it could be one of those things that uh, maybe they'll be, you know, get get a little bit of trendiness in them again. Maybe they'll you know, pastry borders or some shit. I haven't seen too many like that. But um, yeah, no, it's fantastic. This is this is a really good one. So I feel like we've done like a this these are great selections that you chose for this one, being that you know, appeals, pale, IPA, and now the porter. So to give people a bit of an idea of the, you know, the flagships versus the seasonals, it's uh, yeah, super cool. I, I just think it's it's really cool what you're doing. I'm I'm really glad we connected. It's um, I'm really happy for you guys. I think what you're doing is great, and you know, I love that you you know you're you're owning it out there and you've been around for so long and, and continuing to innovate and do fun things and be true to yourselves. I think that's uh, wonderful and super key. I'm I'm stoked for you guys. Well done. Thank you so much. Thanks. It's been really, really great chatting with you, and I really hope you can come up and see our place in Oxbridge. I would love to. Yes. 
it is a beautiful town and do the trails and then come out to the brewery and come hang out with us it'll be really fun oh, we'll keep in touch for sure i'm definitely uh, trying to hopefully we would we used to be in toronto like once a month uh pre all right. this nonsense because my, my partner's from there my brother still lives in toronto i lived there first before we moved to, uh, out here in montreal so when we were there more often it was, i was able to do more things and because of all this nonsense we've hardly you know probably been there three or four times in two years which is ridiculous so um <laughs> definitely planning to get back so we'll, we'll keep in touch and we'll definitely be out there but uh, this was super fun chat and i really appreciate your time um thank you for hanging out uh for, for sharing everything with us i, I really appreciate it where can everybody find The Second Wedge online? So we have a website, thesecondwedge.ca. Nice. Always include the the, the second wedge, all spelled out, .ca. And uh, you know, we're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, so it's always at The Second Wedge. Love it. Perfect. And you do, uh, people can order online and they have it delivered anywhere in Ontario? Money. Yep, we're shipping. We use Canada Post, so flat rate uh, across Ontario. And if you're in Durham region and York region, we're currently doing home deliveries. Perfect. I love it. It's amazing. So, guys, make sure you hit that up. Oh, do we need to do it? We need to take the thumbnail. So, I'm going to take a screenshot of here. Do you want to hold up uh, some of the cans, whatever you can fit in your uh, in your hands? I see if I can get three. I know we can get three. Oh, as many as I can fit in my hands. Oh, I know you got two hands. I got one because I got a hold of the computer. <laughs> Yeah, you can hold two there. Yeah. yeah. All right. How about? Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, this is going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> got to get them right up. Go. And they're all open. So. Oh, yeah, you're going to be careful. <laughs> well, you got, you, got, you got the two. Yeah. There you go. You can do that. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Ready? Two. Glorious. Um, okay, I'm just going to wrap this up. Stick around at the end and I'll, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll finish up. Um, but thank you again, Joanne. Really appreciate it. Everybody, if you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell so you know when the new drops. Follow us on social media everywhere at BAOS Podcast. We have our episodes excuse me, um, drop every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you subscribe and uh, hit the little five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So you make sure you get that in your feed. Um, appreciate everyone. Once again, thank you, Joanne. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.